this afternoon we got the boys and girls in here and uh, so I uh, wanted to share with you something uh, that, that the Lord put on my heart as I was thinking about faithfulness, the faithfulness of our God. I've entitled the lesson uh, this afternoon, Through It All, and uh, hopefully you'll see that as we get into the message. But there in your notes is a verse that I shared this morning out of Deuteronomy chapter number 7 in verse number 9. The Bible says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Uh, years later, Isaiah the prophet wrote these words, Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to a servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful, and the Holy One of Israel, and he shall choose thee. You know, I realize that as you look at this world that we live in, that things change and people change, but God never does. And there's, there's not many constants, but the one thing that has been, as I can borrow from our theme for this year, an anchor to me is that God has always been faithful. God will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He remains faithful through it all. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. We looked at this verse in our Sunday school hour. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Now, when you look at all those verses, certain little phrases popped out to me. I see there in Deuteronomy 7, 9, where it talks about he is the faithful God. Isaiah talks about the Lord that is faithful. First uh, Thessalonians 5, that the one that calls you is faithful. And then the writer of Hebrews, many believe it was the Apostle Paul, he wrote these words, he is faithful that promised, or he who promised is faithful. I, I see over and over again, and that's just a little bit of what the Word of God says, but the point is this, God is faithful. That's the point, that God is faithful. Pastor Alan Walker said, God is still God, and God can always be trusted through it all. You can trust the Lord in each one of these situations. The world we live in is constantly changing, but again, God is a constant. Uh, Brother, uh, Brother Rogan, do you know what the Marine Corps motto is? What would that be? Now, what does that mean? Always faithful. Sounds to me like they, they, they come up with a pretty good slogan. And that's the way it needs to be in the Christian life is not sometimes faithful, always faithful. Why? Because we serve a faithful God. When I think about what the Word of God has to say about our God, there are so many things that we can look at. Look, if I look at people, a lot of times I'm around certain people that that they, they don't do exactly what they say they will do. You ever met somebody like that? I hope you're not one of them. But a lot of times people say they're going to do something, they do not do it. A lot of us know some reliable people who can be very dependable for us, but no one meets all of the qualifications that God has because God is 100% faithful 100% of the time. 100% faithful 100% of the time. We live in a world of broken promises. I mentioned earlier today that leaders oftentimes pledge peace, and yet they, in the, in the, in the uh, 
offices in the back rooms, they're secretly planning for war. Uh, who knows? I've heard much talk in days ahead, not trying to be a naysayer, that you know, things keep going the way they're going, we might find ourselves in World War III. I don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead, but I know this, God knows what's going to happen. The Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. And the Bible says, neither the son of man that he should repent, hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? In other words, God doesn't break his promises, God keeps his promises, and here's why. In the Bible, it tells us in John 17, 3, he is the only true God. Now, there's a bunch of little gods in this world. Uh, they're not the God, but God himself is the true God, the only true God. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says God is faithful. You find in the word of God in 1 John 5, 20, that it, it says him who is the true God. The faithfulness of God is what I want you to focus on. Listen, and it's not just here and there, he is faithful through it all, through every aspect of life. His faithfulness is not some minor or secondary aspect of his character. God keeps his word because if he didn't, he wouldn't be God. But God is faithful to keep his word. So this afternoon, I just want to give you a couple implications from the word of God about God's faithfulness to us. Notice, first of all, that every word God says is true. Every word. Uh, you know, I've, I've had discussions with folks, and many times there's, there's some discrepancy because I realized that, look, God gave his word, but has not man been tampering with it for all these years? And because man, just like anything man touches, he ruins. Like if you're a parent, have you ever bought some new furniture and then you had children? You know what happens to that furniture, right? Uh, you, buy, you buy a car and you, you, you lay down the law. There will never be any food in this car. And what happens? French fries, McDonald's, everything, you know. But I know this, that every word God says is true. Every last one of them. And I, I love it when I study the word of God because the Bible actually contains, not only does it, it, it is the truth, but there are many words that you find in the word of God for truth. When we you know, we live with a very finite mind. You understand God's infinite, right? We have a finite mind. That means that our mind is limited. For instance, if we say the word love, if I was going to say the word love, there's only one way for me to convey the word love, and it is to use that word love. Now, I can, I can try to show and do something like this. I could say today, I love my wife. Now, if I wanted you to understand a little bit better, I could say, I love my wife. Now, if I want you to really understand, I could say, I love my wife. I use the same word all three times. The only thing I did was change the fluctuation of it. But what you find in God's word is there are many different words for the word love, as is the word truth. When you look in the Bible, here's what you find is, is that one of the most uh, interesting and important Hebrew words is the word, if I'm pronouncing it right, emeth. Emet is actually a Hebrew word that is the word that's translated in English as truth. Here's what it means. It means stability. It means firmness or certainty. Now, it's interesting. We get the English word amen from the Hebrew word emeth. Kind of interesting. Now, when we say, and I just challenged the men in our men's prayer breakfast, I said, and if you're here today and you weren't in there, I said, listen, when you hear something that 
you understand and you agree with it, there's nothing wrong with saying, it's a Bible word, say amen. amen. I, I used to have this friend of mine when he preached, it was kind of, I don't know if it was a nervous habit or a twitch or whatever, he, he would go like this when people would, wouldn't say, now, I never, I never solicit amens because then to me it's, it's all wrong anyway. But he would always solicit amens. And so when he would say something and he wanted people to say amen, he would go, hello? <laughs> he would do that. He'd put his finger up, hello? You know? And look, I, 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 don't, I don't want something falsely manufactured, but the word amen, look at it there, it's a word that when we use that word, what we're saying is it is certain or yes, it is absolutely true. Now, guess what? If we really practice saying amen, Brother Flynn, we'd have to say during a service, amen, 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 amen. You know why? Because every word God says is true, right? I mean, I wouldn't be able to get much preaching done, you know, because you'd be going, amen, 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 amen. But every word God says is true. And to say God is true, listen now, is to say that God is faithful. It's the same thing. That God is true means God is faithful. Here's a simple definition. Look there. God's faithfulness means that because he is the truth, everything he says and everything he does is certain. Simple definition. That means that God is 100% reliable 100% of the time. Would you agree with that? God is 100% reliable. Lewis Berry Schaefer said, he not only advances and confirms that which is true, but in faithfulness abides by his promises and executes every threat or warning he has made. Kind of interesting how Schaefer put that. And so what we need to see this afternoon is that God says what he means, and he means what he says. And we need to understand that. And therefore, God does everything that he says he will do. He does, look, he does not fail. God doesn't fail. God doesn't forget, God doesn't waver, God doesn't falter. He says it, he means it, and you can stake your life on it. That's what we find in the Word of God. Every word that God says is true. Now, where do we find, let me ask you, put on your thinking caps, I know your belly's full. Where do we find the true words of God? In the Bible. So when you think about it, here's the thought. Is God's given us an entire book filled with his words that are true. So what are we to do? We are to read it. We are to study it. We are to memorize it. We are to learn it. We are to build our lives upon the Word of God. Why? Because every Word of God is true. The Word of God is profitable. We are to love God's Word. And we're look, we're supposed to love God's Word to the very point that God's Word flows through us just like the blood of our body flows through our veins. And we need to make sure that we understand. Look, if we need to understand this matter of the faithfulness of God, that God is faithful through it all, that goes along with his words. That everything God says is true. But notice the second thing. Every promise that he gives will be kept. Let me say that again. Every promise. We're not talking about a politician. We're talking about God. And every promise God gives will be kept. Here, here's something that I, I mentioned it just briefly, kind of got ahead of myself earlier this morning. But let me challenge you to do something if you've never done this. Take time to trace the promises of God in the Bible. In other words, as you go through the Word of God, 
underline when you find a promise. And then, and then here's what I want you to do is put on your thinking cap. When you find a promise, ask yourself, when did God make that promise? Ask yourself, to whom was that promise given to? Ask yourself, what are the conditions of that promise? And you might even ask yourself, when was it fulfilled? It may be something that's still yet future. You know, you look at it and you can say, okay, I see that promise. It wasn't necessarily made for me, but how does it apply today to my life? Because certainly you can find application in the Word of God. There are thousands of promises covering every situation in the Bible that we would face in life. You can find things from salvation to the forgiveness of sin. There's promises about prayer, about marriage, about children, about disappointment, about insecurity. Look, folks, I could go on and on. I think we understand there are thousands of promises in the Word of God, and the Bible says all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, under the glory of God by us. And we have to see the, the importance of those promises and that, listen, God doesn't just give promises, God keeps promises. Look what it says in Joshua 21. The Lord gave unto Israel all the land. Now watch this, read the words with me. He gave them all the land which he sware to give unto their fathers. They possessed it, dwelt therein. The Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he sware unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Now look at the words. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel, all came to what? Every last bit of it. Everything that God promised them happened exactly the way God said it would. You know why? Because every promise that God has ever made, he will keep it. He will keep those promises. Now, when you study the book of Joshua carefully, what you find is, is that the promises that God made, sometimes those promises aren't, they don't come quickly. When you study the word of God, you find that it took seven years for those promises to be fulfilled. When you look in the word of God in the book of Joshua, you find that sometimes those promises will come, but they will come not without a struggle. Uh, there were a lot of battles that they faced. Uh, sometimes you find the promises are not without some failure along the way. Remember in Joshua 7, the sin of Achan? Remember how that he took something that he shouldn't took? He tried to hide it in the floor of his tent, and again, his entire family was judged because of that. There are times where failure comes along, and then sometimes we find even in the book of Joshua that there could even be a loss of life. But here's what I like about the promises of God is what God said, he did. God did it exactly. No one could ever say in advance how it would happen, but it did. And in the end, if you look at the end of it, here's what you find is that the Israelites were victorious. And in our lives, the promises that God gives to us as his children, that you and I can live victorious Christian lives. You know why? Because God keeps every promise that he's ever made. See, every word is true. Every promise he will keep. And I love this story here. Gladys Alkward, who served as a missionary to China before World War II, when the Japanese army invaded northern China, she was forced to flee Yangshan, taking with her 100 orphans. Now, listen to this. As she left with the 100 orphans and fled into the mountains, she despaired about ever making it to safety. After a sleepless night, she was reminded by a 13-year-old girl 
about Moses and the story about Moses in the Bible where there was the parting of the Red Sea. And so the, 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 the lady said to this 13-year-old, she says, but I am not Moses. And it, she, she said, of course you're not. But the girl said to her, but Jehovah is still God. In other words, if God did it for Moses and the children of Israel back then, God can do it for us now. Why? Because God keeps every promise. No matter what mountains may loom before us, God is still God. And we can trust him. God will go before us and God will be with us just as he was for those in the Old Testament. We need to dwell on the promises of God. We need to read the promises of God. We need to write down the promises of God. We need to put them where we can see them in the morning when we wake up. We need to carry them with us everywhere we go. We need to tell them to our friends. But most of all, hey, even in your prayer life, sometimes you can even remind God of the promises that he has made to us. We sing that song, standing on the promises. You know, we need to stand on those promises. You know why? Because every promise God has ever made, he will keep it. But look at the third thing I see is every trial that he, he allows has a purpose. Every trial. Uh, nothing happens by chance to the children of God. Nothing happens by chance. God has a plan uh, when times get hard, you know what we do? We tend to think that God has forgotten about us, do we not? I mean, where is God? Why would God allow this to happen? And, and sometimes we think it was a mistake, or maybe there would be no purpose that would come out of something that we would go through. But what we see is that God's people can endure almost anything. You see it over and over again in the Word of God. They can endure if they know what the reason is for it. But sometimes God doesn't tell us what those reasons are. Look at a couple of great examples here in the Word of God is that through it all, God knows what I am going through. God knows where you are today. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. Look what Job said. He knoweth the way that I take. God knows what you're going through today. God knows what you're facing. And the Bible says, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as what? As gold. God knows through it all. He knows what you're going through. He also uses those trials to help us grow. See, through it, he helps us to grow. Romans chapter 5, look, not only so, but we glory. Now, it's hard sometimes, but when you look at it's God doing it, we glory in tribulations also. And here's the words, knowing that. See, if we understand... I'm going through this. Now, why am I going through this? Because God's trying to help me to grow. And the Bible says, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. See, through it all, God, he knows what we're going through. He allows that because he's trying to grow us. Look at the third thing there is, I see through it all, he calls us even while we're going through something, to rejoice in the pain. Now, that, sometimes that's hard. My daughter just watching her at the hospital with her little baby girl, you know, and just, just her daughter can't say anything, and watching what she's having to go through and some of the pain and some of the heartache that is there. But what does God wants us, want us to do? He wants us to rejoice in those times of tribulation. Look what it says in James 1. My brethren, he's talking to Christians here. He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing 
God's trying to work in our lives. Sometimes we look at the pain instead of rejoicing that God is counting us worthy to be going through something like that. And then through it all, I see this, that he invites us to submit ourselves to our faithful creator. Peter wrote, wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. And that's the key there. It's something God is allowing in our life. It's something God has brought into our life. It says here, according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto what kind of creator? A faithful creator. Look, we are his creation. God is God. And what he's trying to do, look, through it all, he's trying to get us to submit to him. To say, Lord, it's your life. Lord, what do you want out of my life? I want you to get the glory out of my wife. It's not about knowing it all, having it all, being it all, or doing it all. It's about trusting God through it all. A small boy was flying a kite high in the sky. When, and I had this happen to me whenever I was a kid, but it was a different outcome. But this old boy was flying this kite. It got so high that it drifted into a cloud bank. And his kite disappeared from view. He's standing there and he's holding his kite string. And there's no kite. I mean, the kite's up there. It's out of view. And this passerby comes by and he sees this little boy and he says, what are you doing? And the little boy says, well, I'm flying my kite. And the guy kind of looks at him, looks up. And he, he sees only the clouds and he says, I don't see any kite. How do you even know it's still there? And the little boy said, uh, I, I don't see it either, but I know it's up there because every once in a while, there's a tug on my string. Now, none of us have ever seen God, but every once in a while, there's a tug on the string of our life. And although we can't physically see him, we know he's there. God's always working in our lives, and a lot of Christians feel that God has disappeared just when they need him. And I'm going to tell you, every one of us, during times like that little boy holding that kite, we need to take heart. And just because we can't see him doesn't mean God's not there. What do you and I need to do? We just need to do like that little boy. Just keep holding the string. Keep holding on to God because God is faithful when you cannot feel or see his presence. We need to hang on because sooner or later what God will do is he will tug on the string of our life. God is faithful. Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind, and he is too unwise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. We must trust the heart of God. So how faithful is God? I mean, that's what we've been talking about all day today. And, and, and it should be the talk of our life. God is so faithful that anyone who seeks him can find him. God's not playing hide-and-go-seek with people. He wants to be found. And if we would seek him, we would find him. Every word that he says is true. Every promise that he's ever made will be kept. Every trial that he allows has a purpose. Look, you and I need to resolve to the fact that we need to let the Lord teach us to trust him. That even when we can't see him, that we trust him. We need to hold that rope of faith until we feel him tugging on that string from heaven. The songwriter wrote these words, and they've become dear to me over the years. He says, I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I don't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials 
come only to make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend on His Word. Every word that God says is true. Every promise He's ever made will be kept. And every trial that God sends our way has a purpose. What we need to come to the place in our lives is this, that God is faithful through it all. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I'm thankful for the Word of God in this world that is ever-changing. And people change, things change, but you never change. You're the one constant that we have in our lives, Lord, the absolute Word of God. And I pray that you'd help us to understand that, Lord, when things around us are changing, that we know we can always come back to you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see how very important it is to understand that your promises that you've given to us will be kept, that we can count on you, depend on you to come through with every single promise, every word you've ever said to us. Others may let us down, but you never will. And Lord, I thank you for the trials. May we find a way to rejoice, realizing, Lord, that you are trying to grow us. You're trying to strengthen us. And Lord, I pray that every one of those, that we would see your purpose, your will, and that again, we would trust you. Thank you for being such a faithful God through it all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.